building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. All right, welcome Giant Builders. I have a panel here for you today. I'm so excited to have these women here to share some about their experience. And um, we're going to be talking about breast cancer. Today I have Teresa Howard, Shay Butts, and Lori Anderson. So thank you ladies for being here. I really appreciate it. I feel really led by God to bring you ladies together. So I hope that this will just be a sharing of experience and godly guidance. So what went through your mind when you were being tested for potentially actual breast cancer? I mean, we all go through the mammogram, but you ladies knew you were going to be tested for breast cancer. What went through your mind in that process? Um, you know, I think I was just in denial. You know, um, I had a surgery, say like Thanksgiving time, that, you know, no thoughts that it was going to be anything. And then that's when the whole process started. So, um, and it moves so fast, you know, and if it, I, I, I always say I barely had cancer and my husband constantly stares at me when I say that and gives me that evil eye. But so I guess maybe I'm still in denial. For a year and a half to two years, I was going in every six months for a mammogram because they had found something that was suspicious that they wanted to keep an eye on. Come to find out that had absolutely nothing to do with my cancer. I just, in hindsight, see that that was God's way of putting me on an every six month schedule instead of waiting a year because it was an aggressive form of cancer. So had I waited an entire year instead of six months, we could be looking at a whole different outcome. I think because the the time frame, you know, you first get that little uh, letter from after the mammogram says something suspicious. So you go in and you have another mammogram and then, um, then they want to have a biopsy. And then, so it's a, you know, several steps. And I think that was actually helpful because I had a little bit more time to process and, and prepare for, you know, what the outcome might be. And then when I did get the, you know, the results, the big, you know, the big C word, then I was like, I was already ready. I, I mean, I knew it was coming. I knew it could be coming. And then I was all business. You know, it's like, okay, let's, this is what I got. Let's just tackle it. What was the best thing as far as how your family embraced you in this process? Okay. Well, actually my 22 year old son was here with me and we were waiting for my phone call that we knew would be coming in about a half an hour. And he got out his guitar and we sang worship music for about 25 minutes. And then my husband came home and he walked in the door and sat down. And within two minutes, I got the phone call. So we were able to all three be together. My son said, put it on speaker. And I thought, I don't want my son hearing this at the same time I do. And he was rather forceful and said, put it on speaker. So when she confirmed that it was cancer. We all heard it at the same time. 
And then we went up to my daughter's house and told her and my son-in-law. And of course, her first response was, I don't know what to say about this because we don't know anything other than you have breast cancer. We didn't know any of the details yet. So we waited until my biopsies and meeting with the breast surgeon before I told my parents and then before I told uh, my employer. And then I shared it with all of my siblings, but I just didn't want to call or tell everybody that I have breast cancer because I knew they would have a lot of questions and I didn't have answers to give them. So we waited after that initial diagnosis to gather more information before we shared it with anyone else. My husband, John, he, he knew right away. I mean, he was in, involved in the, the process the whole time. Gosh, I can't remember now how long it was, uh, but we waited to tell my kids. I, I think kind of like you, Teresa, I wanted to have uh, be armed with answers and everything went very quick. Um, both the kids were in their senior years of college and high school respectively. So I just didn't want to worry them or burden them. And so it was a while before we told them um, after we had met with the surgeon. Gosh, Shay, I think I had more conversation with you than <laughs> because Shay had just come off going through all this and she's the one that recommended a surgeon and but then when we did tell the kids, it, was, it wasn't so stressful because we knew we caught it early and we knew there was a plan in place. And sure, they were scared, but everyone is at first. And then after that, you know, you go through that awkward phase of, of letting friends and church know and, you know, and everyone, like you said, Teresa, everyone has questions and take it one day at a time. Um, you know, I got the call from my doctor when I was in the grocery store. And she immediately, I guess, from our conversation, immediately called Steve to tell him, which was probably a good thing, because like I said, I think I was just kind of like in denial, which is odd because I have two sisters who had breast cancer and gone through this, plus two sister-in-laws. And so, you know, the thought, what would I do if it happened to me was already thought through. So, but you still don't ever expect it to happen to you. So, and I think like everyone else, you, you gather information before you share just because you don't know what, you know, what's that mean? I don't know what that means until you have more tests and do more things to find out exactly what it means. First off, do you think it was important for people to know and how did you feel the most comfortable telling people? You, first of all, you tell people that you know can pray for you and support you. You tell people that maybe you know have gone through the process. You hesitate to tell, like I hesitated to tell my elderly parents because they had two children already go through it until I could reassure them of exactly what was going to be done and, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, neighbors, you know, that are close to you, you know, I don't know that everybody needs to know, mm -hmm. you know, you, you need to let the people who will support, you know, though, that's for sure. I had to tell my 
staff at the preschool via Zoom because mine went on during the worldwide pandemic <laughs> when I couldn't be with anyone or no one could be with me when I went to any of my appointments or my tests. I will say that my first call was to Lori because she has a son my son's age. Shay has a son my son's age. They all grew up together at the same church and the same youth group. So he was pretty upset and he was pretty emotional. And I called Lori and she wanted to be on speakerphone and she assured him that this is no longer a death sentence because he was so upset hearing the news. And I'm not, I was just kind of laid back and saying, well, okay, well, that wasn't what we wanted to hear. Now what's next? So Lori was very reassuring to him as well as me. Um, my parents were both in very bad health. As a matter of fact, my father passed away between my biopsies and my cancer surgery. And he of course was very teary eyed and was very afraid for me. And I tried to assure him not to be afraid for me that I was going to be fine. And he insisted that I not do chemotherapy and didn't have a lot of choice in how, if I was going to do that or not. So I had to reassure him and her that I was going to be fine. Um, and then again, told uh, the, the school board that I work for via Zoom and then had to tell my boss and um, our admin assistant, we safe distanced in their back in one of their backyards and shared it with them. Uh, but then that was pretty much all in my circle that we had informed at the time. <laughs> A funny thought afterwards, um, you know, like you said, not everybody needs to know and, and your, your close circle of friends and, you know, neighbors and people that you know that will pray for you. But I can distinctly remember somebody, and I don't even remember who, but somebody came up to me at church after I had lost my hair going through chemotherapy and I was wearing a wig and they said, they commented how much they liked my hair. And I said, well, I said, well, when I'm done with it, you can have it. And, and they had no idea what I had been going through. So, um, but again, it's just, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to, to comfort others that are coming through, you know, going to go through it to know that it's not necessarily a death sentence. You tackle it and take one day at a time. Lois, we all have a mutual friend who had just gone through breast cancer also that we worship, you know, at church with, and she's on staff at the school and she walked us all through her entire journey shared every step of it with us. And we have a staff of 26 women. So I told her one day, you have no idea who you're being a blessing to because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of who's gonna be next in this group. And you're helping prepare whoever that next person is. So when I got my diagnosis, after I called Lori, I called her and said, guess who's next? Mm -hmm. So the fact that, that Shay and Lori and our friend Missy had walked us and we're so willing to share their journey, I think helped prepare me for my journey. So what is the best way or what was the best response or that a friend or somebody gave to you as far as what can, what can somebody do for somebody who they just find, find out has breast cancer? 
just, I, I would think, I think the best advice I would give is just be to talk to as many people as you, you can who have been through it um, and to research and, you know, research some more. I know I went on that breastcancer.org website and I would spend hours reading just, um, you know, blogs from people that have, you know, comments of people that have gone through it. And it's, you know, everyone says, you know, it's, there's comfort in knowing that other people have gone through it with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, that's really the best thing that I uh, could say would be to just research and talk to people and, and know that um, so many people have, have gone through it before you and, and uh, it's gonna be fun. I think it's really hard. It's really hard to give good advice because treatments are changing all the time. Different facilities have different protocols, do things differently. It could be the exact same diagnosis, but you could go down a completely different road. And so that makes it very hard and and it makes it hard for um, someone who's just diagnosed. And I guess that's kind of what I always first say is, you know, I can tell you my story, but that doesn't mean it's gonna, you know, the same treatment. And it doesn't mean that what you decide to do is wrong or not as good because it changes all, you know, every six months, it's a different protocol. It's a different protocol. So um, I think the biggest thing I usually try to tell people is that, you know, this is just a very short amount of time in your entire life. And it is not, you, you, sh- do not want to define yourself as breast cancer. You know, a lot of people, oh, I'm a breast cancer survivor. Well, I don't want that definition. Sure, that's part of my life, and but that's not, that's not, that was just such a little small part, mm-hmm. you know? And so I try to encourage people that way saying, you know, that this is, this is not, don't let this consume you, right? You know, you have to be focused on it when you're going through it, but it's not gonna be the rest of your life. You know, so um, as a matter of fact, I got a call today from a good friend of mine who's was diagnosed and I've talked with someone else at our church who's recently been diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And I had waited and waited until that person approached me and I just said, thank you so much for reaching out because you need that support. You can't keep that all in. You'll have many questions and need somebody to bounce it off of, so. Well, again, Lori offered up her notebook, her box of goodies that she had kept and records of things that she had found really useful that allowed me to go through and research what she had collected so that when I had my appointments with my breast surgeon, I would know what questions to ask because I had no idea what questions I should have prepared. So that was very, very helpful that she let me read through that and helped prepare me again. It's one thing that I, I wish I would have known this part, you know, whether it was through the treatment, the, you know, any part of it. I just wish it hadn't been through a worldwide pandemic <laughs> because I had to do everything alone. Yeah. And that was very difficult. I was just going for the ride 
<laughs> I was very thankful I had Steve to kind of direct and be my advocate because I just, well, whatever. She's good. I like her. And he was, you know, nope, we want the best. We want the best. And, you know, sure enough, I thought she was the best. So I was very happy with my surgeon and, and plastics guy and radiologist and all that. So I don't know. I don't know that you know. Here again, there's not a, a step-by-step for somebody who has breast cancer. So you really are at the mercy of who you decide your doctor is going to be. And then you need to just have confidence in that. I think Teresa, you had situations where you had, we're getting so many different thoughts as far as treatment. And that would be just so, so confusing for the patient. I think you just need to. No, it was the same way. I don't think I, yeah. (laughs) You just are at the whim of the doctors and, and you have to trust them and pray and, I can't think of anything that I, I wish I had known. Well, I think I had gotten so many recommendations for doctors from friends who had been through breast cancer. And then my husband would research it on our insurance providers list and none of them were on it. So I just kept asking and through uh, my sister-in-law, a former coworker asked if she could reach out to me because she's a breast cancer survivor and called and recommended her doctor. And then a friend asked, who's a nurse, asked at work, two separate doctors who they would recommend and unbeknownst to each other, they recommended the same doctor, which was the same doctor that my sister-in-law's coworker recommended. And my husband looked her up and she was in our provider network. So to me, that was the hallelujah chorus singing in the background saying, this is who I've I have chosen for you to care for you. So that's who I called and she was taking new patients and I was in the next week and I put total confidence in them and their team and could not have been happier with any of the treatment that I received. Physically, how hard was this? Oh, I don't let things slow me down too much. (laughs) 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 So, um, uh, you know, I, you just keep going, you know, and, and sometimes I don't follow directions from the doctor anyway. So, you know, there were, there were points where it was painful after surgery. Um, and, and I guess that you just don't know that feeling until you have it. Um, I, I, I didn't get tired of the process because I just went through the surgery then what six weeks of radiation and you know that's you go in and lay on a table for five minutes and you leave so it you know it's tiring just because you have to do it every day but um the only (laughs) the only issue I had one time was I had to call my neighbor over because I couldn't get my sports bra off after I had been walking on the treadmill because I couldn't lift my arms up over my head. <laughs> she had to come over and help me get it off. And then I realized, no, you just take it off this way, down, <laughs> over your hips. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, 
Yeah, well, part of that too is Steve. Steve, you know, was just very, very accepting of physical change, emotional change. He was just always there, very supportive and never made me feel like he was, you know, not supportive of me, so. Well, I had several weeks of radiation. And again, like Shay said, it was just tiring to go every day. But then I had an additional medical diagnosis in the process. So that delayed my chemotherapy treatment. So I had three different lung surgeries in the meantime and spent quite a bit of time in the hospital. And that recovery was far more difficult than the actual chemo and radiation, but it delayed my treatment for quite a while. Uh, they, did die, they did prescribe three different nausea medicines for me and I never took one. So like Shay, it takes a lot to hold me down. I feel like I've gotta be multitasking at all times. And I was concerned about our school and our students and staff and taking care of my mother who had just lost her husband. And I didn't have time to sit and not feel good. I just had to keep going, get up and what's next? Let's get her done, let's get her done, what's next? And just what took one day at a time and really just never allowed myself that time. <laughs> it's like, I'm not, I don't have time to feel bad. I got too many things to do. Yeah, I, I have to second that um, or third that. Um, I, I really feel blessed in that the, the radiation did not bother me at all. Um, and even the chemotherapy, um, I was only on, on one chemotherapy drug and it was relatively mild, never had any nausea. In fact, I kind of complained to the doctors because everyone around me was losing weight and I was gaining weight <laughs> because I was stressed. <laughs> um, nurses and the doctors and the technicians, um, were amazing. I mean, I couldn't have asked for better people and just so nice and helpful. And, uh, you know, God really puts those people in your life. And it was, it was very nice. And like them, I was, um, I think, I think God orchestrated our years that we went through that maybe to be busy because I had an incredibly busy year um, or time when I was going through it, you know, my, my kids were, one was graduating high school, one was graduating college. Uh, I put a house on the market, sold it, built another house, then moved my daughter to Colorado. I mean, I just had, I was so busy. I didn't have time to feel bad or feel sorry for myself. And, um, so that was kind of a good thing. It kept me busy, kept me thinking about, um, just getting well and focusing on the next thing. What a blessing. All right. Well, ladies, um, any closing thoughts? My husband, or my husband, you guys know my husband, Steve. He's always cautious, cautioning me to not, not belittle the process because it is a process that it's hard. It's hard for everybody. And to be sensitive to those who, who maybe struggle a little more than what the three of us did with the diagnosis and the, the you know, treatment and the change in your body and that kind of thing. You know, we have wonderful support through our faith 
and through our husbands and through our church family. But that's just unusual, you know. And I think that's that's probably the difference, I think, in our story because because of that. So, you know, I am sensitive to some of the friends that I have reached out that aren't in a church home and don't have a faith or don't have the support of a loving husband. So it, it's a completely different story for those people. Well, I agree. All of us have our own story and nobody's story is better or worse than the next. It's just our story. And we do have to be especially sensitive to everyone who's been diagnosed. It's a very difficult diagnosis to receive. And we are fortunate to have a wonderful, loving church family and wonderful church friends. And my advice is to work on that faith because God will be with you every step of the way. You have to allow him to be there. Uh, get your mammogram. Um, I tell everybody all the time, get your mammograms because if you wait and catch it late, then it's going to be much more difficult. I think Shay, you were stage zero. I was right. Yep. I was barely stage one. And I think Teresa was maybe stage zero or one. So yeah, it's, it's really, it, it's still pain, but you can, if you, if you catch it early, it's much more manageable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ladies, I just want to thank you so much for your time and just sharing your experience and um, just you're such a blessing to me. And I'm sure that this information will bless other people and encourage them as they could possibly go through the process. So thank you very much for your time. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lois. Thank you for listening. This has been The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant.